Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, Saving Babies and Souls, and Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to donate. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week, another episode of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Neil and Roger and John, myself, Bob. Hey guys, how are you? Very good, Bob. Doing great. Bob, how are you doing? Uh, Doing very well, thank you. Well, we're recording this on Wednesday morning, which means just last night was President Biden's State of the Union address. So here's what we're going to do this week. First, we're going to analyze the State of the Union Address. A lot of different things about it to talk about. Then we're going to go into, probably in the second half of the podcast, the Chinese spy balloon. What's the significance of this and how do we handle China going forward? So there's a lot to unpack. But first, last night's State of the Union Address. Uh, First, let me say, Kevin McCarthy did not tear up the speech afterward the way that Nancy Pelosi did. You know, it amazes me to listen to the CNN, MSNBC crowd just having a meltdown and clutching their pearls over the Republicans last night sounding kind of like the House of Commons, really, when they're like, oh, come on, are you kidding me? Harumph, how can you say that, you know, lying and such, when these are the very same people that were applauding Nancy Pelosi standing up and disrespectfully tearing the speech of President Trump as as she did. But anyway, I also noticed Kevin McCarthy. He introduced Joe Biden the proper traditional way with proper protocol, which is members of Congress. I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting the president of the United States. Nancy Pelosi couldn't bring herself to say the high privilege and distinct honor. If you recall, Nancy Pelosi just said members of Congress, the president of the United States. So they're very childish and such, but Kevin McCarthy, I think, rose, rose above that. Uh, and then you just, you look at the over-the-top blatant lies that Joe Biden told last night, that, that he claimed that his administration created 12 million new jobs. And he said, we've created more new jobs in the last two years than any president has In four years, it's like, are you kidding me? The overwhelming majority of those jobs are people that are just coming back to work after the COVID shutdowns. Those aren't new jobs created. He blamed inflation on Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine once again. Never mind the fact that inflation was going up every single month since Joe Biden took office and Ukraine wasn't invaded by Vladimir Putin until over 13 months after he took office. 13 months of increased inflation. Uh, Then you add to that him saying the rich don't pay their fair share. Well, here's the latest numbers. The top 1% of Americans in income pay 42% of federal taxes. The bottom 50% of wage earners in America pay 2.5% of all federal taxes. And then Joe Biden leaned into the camera and said, our tax system is not fair. Well, you know what? You're right. Should the rich pay more? Yes. Nobody says they shouldn't. But I would argue that the top 1% paying 42% and the bottom 50% paying 2.5% is more 
than fair. Uh, He actually claimed his administration brought down the deficit. He actually claimed that Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset, which drew huge boos. That is a flat-out lie. Even the liberal left-wing Washington Post gave a four-Pinocchio highest rating to that lie and even ran this headline when Democrats tried to claim this last fall. This headline at the Washington Post, quote, the false claim that Republicans plan to end Social Security and Medicare. It's not Fox News. That's Washington Post. Uh, Anyway, and then on top of it all, He actually tried to brag about what he's done to secure the border and how tough he is on China and then dared to bring up fentanyl and how many people it's killing when it's his open border that's causing this. Uh, I just found it staggering in the amount of hubris that this president spoke with last night. So here's what I want to do. Let's Let's go around the table. Let's get some analysis on this. And Neil, maybe we could start with you. Neil Braun, Neil Braun, live out of Buffalo, New York. Just your thoughts and analysis in a general sense before we get into some of the minutiae from last night. Well, I don't want to jump right ahead to what Sarah Huckabee Sanders had to say in response, you know, providing the GOP response to his State of the Mm -hmm. Union address. But she said, as a mom, you know, we kind of learn not to believe everything we hear. And right. she didn't She didn't believe anything that he said. And I guess I feel the exact same way. I mean, it was unbelievable the twist he put on things, the way that he spun common understanding to, to try to paint a picture that he's in control, that the economy is good, everything is fine. Uh, there are no problems here. And, you know, even the border is secure because of my great leadership. I mean, it was absolutely unconscionable what he did. And I know we're going to break it down a little bit further. I just, uh, I was actually in a way I thought it was uh, set up for a campaign, you know, announcement at some point, like that he was trying mm-hmm. to, it, it really wasn't structured like a campaign speech. But on the other hand, I really felt like he was trying to say, Uncle Joe's got everything under control. And wouldn't it be great? Uh, if I was the one who was able to finish the job, because he kept mentioning right. that word, finish the job, it seemed right. to me he was setting himself up for a run in the next election. No, which I just, I'll be honest with you, if he makes it to the to 2024, I will be shocked. But the idea of him actually running again in 2024 and uh, trying to go for four more years, which does make you wonder how much of that would be really Joe, Joe Biden being the... Uh, the president during those four years. I mean, we'll we'll have to see. But you know, I, truthfully, who would have thought that the Democrats would actually prop up Joe Biden with two by fours for the two years that he's been there in all in there already? But they've been willing to have a weekend at Biden's kind of presidency. So I, I guess nothing would surprise me anymore. Well, uh, well, real quick, I think he he serves as a figurehead. He's actually not running the country. Right. He's not he's running not. the Democratic Party. So he's actually serving their purpose well. I mean, he appears to be the guy running the country, but he's really not. And I think they can live with that because we did. I mean, a couple of years ago here on the podcast, we said he wasn't going to last six months and Kamala Harris would be in office. That hasn't been the case. And apparently they don't want her to run uh, in the next presidential election. So... Who knows? But in the meantime, he happens to be the guy who's allowing them to push forward this progressive agenda. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. There's obviously a lot more to talk about this. We want to get uh, John and Roger in on this. Uh, Many things to unpack. As you listen to our podcast today, we want to remind everybody as well, you know, one of the things the president said last night is that he wants to, he wants Congress 
to enact legislation that would undo the undoing of Roe v. Wade. In other words, mandate abortion through congressional legislation and law to be required in all 50 states. Obviously, we hope and pray that doesn't happen. So you need to know, with Roe v. Wade being overturned, folks, uh, the the pro-abortion side, they're really activated. And that's why we need to be equally activated, if not more so. And there's stuff we can do. You listening to us right now, everybody, there are things you can do to literally stop abortions. And you know what that is? Partnering with Preborn. You hear us talk about Preborn all the time. Preborn, they partner with pro-life centers all across America to show ultrasound images of unborn babies to moms, expectant moms. And those moms choose life 85% of the time when they see an ultrasound image of their baby. But it takes money to do this. So here's the breakdown. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion. $28 saves one baby's life. What we ask everybody in the audience to do right now is to give $280 and stop 10 abortions. Would you do that right now? $280, you're responsible for stopping 10 abortions. All you have to do is go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. And by the way, everything you give, 100% goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. If you want to give over the phone, call right now, 24-7, they answer the phones, 833-850-BABY. Just mention the National Crawford Roundtable when you call, 833-850-BABY. Remember, you're saving babies' lives, you're stopping abortions, and you're also bringing these moms to Jesus Christ because they're accepting the Lord by the thousands through preborn. So is that worth $280? And look, if you could do more, do more. Some people do $2,800, and their legacy is that they stopped 100 abortions. And if there's some of you that can do it, we need some people to buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000, but your legacy is going to be thousands and thousands of babies' lives saved. But for everybody else, 280, 10 babies, what do you say? CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab. We appreciate you folks doing that. As we continue to analyze last night's State of the Union address, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. So for us, it's last night that we saw it. Uh, and uh, let's continue around the table. Roger, Roger Marsh, of course, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. Everything the president said last night about his huge, massive spending program and everything, uh, we need this and this and this, and never mind where the trillions are going to come from. You had to feel right at home there in California listening to this, but what stood out from you for uh, for you from last night's State of the Union address? Well, easily it was the jobs and uh, the unemployment numbers. I mean, it was just it, it, to talk about the 3.4% you know, unemployment and isn't this great and the 12 million new jobs, and I thought to myself, my goodness, I mean, because we're in Hollywood here, anybody who's ever taken a tour of a, a, a movie lot knows what it's like to drive by the facade. You know, when you're driving down the street and it's supposed to be the old West or, you know, middle America or whatever it is. And then you walk through the front door and you realize all you saw was the front and there's no house behind it. There's no right. saloon or whatever it is. And that's basically what he, what he talked about the economy. When he talked about, we created 12 new, million new jobs. Well, 25 million jobs were lost. And it, during COVID, and you know, the reality is just this a simple statistic, I think kind of underscores a lot of what we're going to be talking about during the next hour here is the fact that when he talks about job creation, he never talked about job loss. And if you take a look at the numbers from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, for example, I mean, first quarter 2022, 8.4 million jobs created. Yay, team, way to go us. 
during that same quarter, there were 6.9 million jobs that were lost, you know, because mm -hmm. of economic turns and things like that. So for him to say we created that many gives everybody a false sense of security. How many jobs were lost during that same two year period because of COVID or because of people leaving the workforce? I mean, and that's just simple economics. Anybody who's had Econ 101 understands that. And yet for him to stand there and then the bipartisan cry, you know, oh, well, isn't this great? You know, and what a great country we have. I want our president to tell us the truth and to motivate us, encourage us. But it seemed like he grabbed a couple of speeches from Bill Clinton and a couple of paragraphs from George Bush and Barack Obama, and then delivered the speech like Donald Trump and thought, there, that'll energize the base. But the hmm. reality is I didn't see anything of substance that he was really talking about, obviously, that was not easy to refute. I mean, it was just, it was kind of, it was kind of demoralizing actually. To right. Right. Uh, John Rush, Rush Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Obviously, a lot of things to analyze from last night, but anything in particular that stood out to you? Well, everything Roger just said, spot on. Thanks, Roger. Uh, number one, I've never seen a president in a State of the Union address argue with Congress, which was very interesting in and of itself. On top of that, you know, some of the other things that he said that were just, just flat out lies, the $1.7 trillion cut in the deficit. Mm. Um, it wasn't a cut. It's the fact that we're not spending quote unquote pandemic relief money anymore, which has slowed down the spending. There is no cuts. He's actually increased the deficit. But again, like Roger just said a moment ago, when you can kind of have a facade and say one thing when the reality is something completely different. And by the way, the average American doesn't know these facts that we're giving them right now, which they need to go out and research. But if they're just taking it, you know, point blank. It looks really good and it looks like he had a great speech. Problem is he lied to the entire thing. Yeah, he did. Well, you know, and Roger, to the to the facade thing that you're talking about here, I you know, I, I was I was thinking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders' comments afterward, and she said this is really a choice between normal and crazy. And she was talking about all the, the just the craziness of what today's Democratic Party is is pushing on us and our freedoms and liberties being denied us. And it does seem like it's getting worse and worse, which, by the way, you know, I was mentioning preborn earlier, but this is also one of the things that we really do appreciate about uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. Yeah, especially in the president's own backyard. I mean, in New York right now, Alliance Defending Freedom is going before the Second Circuit Court of Appeals because they have a case where there are, there's a group, so many people, firefighters, police officers, teachers, things like that, lost their jobs during the pandemic because they had a religious uh, objection to taking the vaccine. And now that every vaccine mandate for federal workers all the way down, even here in the People's Republic of California, where Governor Newsom tried to impose uh, vaccine mandates for school-age children as young as five, and that's been thrown out. I mean, it's been determined to be unconstitutional. But when the president talks about restoring jobs, you know, and, and rebuilding the economy and everything, what about all these people who lost their, their jobs because they did not want to inject themselves with the, the jab, right. as it were, and they had a, a very strong religious uh, objection to it? Um, when Alliance Defending Freedom is going to be arguing this case, John Birch is going to be arguing this case for them, uh, you, you bet that they're going to be looking at this and saying, hey, wait, they might even play excerpts of the State of the Union address and say, this is why we're arguing here. We do have a constitutional right to religious liberty. We do have a right to say we're not going to do this. And for the past 30 years, Alliance Defending Freedom has been handling those types of cases. I mean, and very, very successfully. I mean, the number of cases that have gone before the Supreme Court, their success rate, the 80% success rate, and the fact too, that when you make a donation to Alliance Defending Freedom, I know that he was talking about the, the rich don't pay their fair share and this, that, and the other thing. We talk about this a lot here on the program, Bob, but 
every one of these attorneys is working basically pro bono. And the organization takes in donations from listeners like National Cropper Groundtable podcast listeners to fund what's going on. But I got a note this morning from Kristen Wagner, who's the uh, senior counsel and also the president of Alliance Defending Freedom. And she said, every time you make a donation to Alliance Defending Freedom, your $100 donation basically has four times the gift amount because of the number of their 4,600 attorneys all throughout the network. And they, so many of them, they're all donating their time. And so in terms of the actual value, when you make a donation, consider it a, a donation that's matched by a four times matching grant. I mean, and that's why we have the banner up at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You can give a gift online or you can give a gift over the phone. It's 877-367-6461, 877-367-6461. But Alliance Defending Freedom is standing in the gap and, and they're basically using truth, using scripture, using biblical principles to push back on the president's claims that, hey, I'm creating jobs when how many thousands of New York workers, you know, lost their job because of his, right. uh, you know, unholy and unbiblical and illegal practices. So I'm, I'm glad ADF and Alliance Defending Freedom is, is standing in the gap for these men and women and uh, standing for the sanctity of biblical principles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Neil, I'm curious to get your take on the the rumbling, the you know, heckling, if you will, the grumbling that was taking place from Republicans last night. Uh, we all recall, of course, back during Barack Obama, the famous Joe Wilson, you lie thing. And that ended up being treated like a really, really big deal. But last night, it was strange to hear a whole bunch of Republicans, in essence, booing and going, that's not true. Uh, to, and then Joe Biden turning around and going, yeah, well, yes, it is. You know, I mean, it was strange. It looked like what we see over in England, you know, in the House of Commons. But uh, for this to happen. But so part of me, Neil, is like, OK, well, no, I don't want to lose the decorum. We need to keep proper decorum. And so they shouldn't have done that. But then there's this other part of me that says, wait a minute here. If Joe Biden tells something that is just an outright blatant lie, and it's not just any lie, it's a lie of smear against Republicans with tens of millions of people watching, uh, and he just says those Republicans want to get rid of, they want to sunset Medicare and Social Security. If the Republicans just sit there in silence and don't say anything— how many tens of millions of Americans are going to think that what Joe Biden is saying is true? Because you know he's not going to get fact-checked by the mainstream media on that uh, for the most part. So uh, there's part of me that's like they have no choice but to react verbally so that at least the American viewer that watches this will go, oh, okay, wait a second here. Maybe what Joe Biden said is not true. Yeah, I agree. And I think that you know while we would love to see uh, – gentlemanly conduct and proper decorum, you know, at all times, I think it's kind of impossible because when somebody gets up there and just starts spewing lies that you know are factually wrong and deceiving to the American people, uh, how do you not react? I, I got I give Kevin McCarthy kudos because I think he did a much better job than Nancy Pelosi did when she was sitting behind Donald Trump. I mean, she was uh, belligerent at times and... Uh, and acted childish in so many ways, including tearing up his speech at the end. Um, does that make it right for people to act inappropriately? Not really. But on the other hand, how do you, 
how do you just sit back and take it? I, I think it was sort of a natural reaction. And by the way, there was a lot of booing and hissing going on when Donald Trump was giving his State of the Union addresses. Um, there was vitriol and hatred for Donald Trump at that point. So by the time you know he gave his final uh, State of the Union address, there was all kinds of catcalling and things going on. Still doesn't make it right, but I, I think it, it is what it is. You had Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think it was, in the back, standing up, literally standing up, shouting, liar. Um, you see right. other people kind of waving it off, like, no, what he's saying right now isn't true. And in one sense, part of me, I'm not sure it was the right thing to do, but part of me is happy they did it because it gave at least a national television audience an opportunity to see that the stuff he's saying right now is at best debatable and, and uh, at worst uh, absolutely flat-out false. So... Either way, um, I think the American people needed to see that what he was saying uh, wasn't uh, passing muster with truth. Bottom right. line. Yeah, and John, your thought on that, because I'm with Neil on this. I, I'm glad that the Republicans went ahead and vocally responded the way that they did, only because, not because I, I think that they should break protocol and decorum. No, there are plenty of lies that Joe Biden told and they let it go. They just sat there in silence during lie after lie after lie. Mm -hmm. However, when it comes to a, a dishonest talking point of smearing Republicans and lying about them and trick, trying to trick tens of millions of Americans into believing that those Republicans really do want to sunset Social Security and Medicare, it's like you can't let that stand. If you stay there in silence Tens of millions of Americans are going right. to believe that that's true, and it's not going to right. be fact-checked. What choice do they have? It's like the the, the the defendant in the courtroom. You know you're to keep your mouth shut, but if somebody's on the stand and they flat-out lie about you, I, I could see myself standing up and going, the guy's lying, and then right. the judge hits his gavel. I'll have you removed if you do that again. And then I'm going to sit down and say to the lawyer, I'm sorry, I just had to have the jury hear me say that. Right. No, no, I agree, and, and there were times... <laughs> I, was, I know I shouldn't do this, but you're sort of cheering them all on saying, you know, yeah, you know, go get them. I mean, it, it, to your point, there was a lot. Well, the majority of the speech were either falsehoods or they were it was twisted truth or a flat out lie that they never said anything about. Beyond that, though, when they started attacking, to your point, when they started attacking Republicans, he started attacking Republicans, saying they're going to sunset, you know, Medicare and, and Social Security. Which, by the by the way, do we need to make some changes there? Most definitely. Unfortunately, no one on either side will talk about those things, and they're going to be broke right. eventually if we don't do something about it. But that's another conversation, probably for another day and another podcast. So, you know, should that be touched at some point? It's going to have to be, or we're not going to have it. But no, right now, there's not a single Republican that I know of or that campaigns on doing either one of those things that he claims we're doing yeah and i'll tell you what here's what they here's what joe biden clings to because I was, I was also watching cnn and cnn was trying to claim falsely that joe biden was saying something factually true because republicans have tried to sunset and have called for sunsetting medicare and social security and it's like no they haven't so you know where they got that from uh senator rick scott Okay, Republican Senator Rick Scott, uh, he called for a reform of Social Security and Medicare. And so he introduced uh, a bill, or he's trying to introduce a bill that says, let's sunset 
all programs, all federal programs, and keep the ones that we know are necessary that we need to preserve. And he even said Social Security and Medicare are ones that we keep and need to be preserved, but we need to look at how we can preserve them and make them last longer because they're getting ready to die out. They're getting ready to yep. run out of money. Yep. That's what he actually said. And so, and the by the claim, way, he's correct on that. He's absolutely correct. Okay, But uh, for, first of all, for the CNN crowd, and I didn't watch MSDNC, I, I could only handle so much CNN. But for them to say, well, you know what Joe Biden said is true, because after all, you got Senator Rick Scott, who has specifically said we need to sunset Social Security and Medicare. It's like, no, he didn't. He said we need to preserve them. They're lying. Joe Biden lied. And you just... There comes a point when when you just you can't let the American people believe that what was just said is actually true. Sometimes you have no choice but to flail your arms and go, "You've got to be kidding me! You can't really say that," you know. So I yeah. it was I, it was theatrical, but I think it was necessary. Yeah, Neil. We got actually we got about we got about thirty seconds. Neil, your thoughts on that? Well, just a, a similar point that, that um, there, there's also a time to kind of hold your tongue. And Mc, Kevin McCarthy did that. I mean, you could only see him in, in the camera shot. But mm-hmm. when uh, Biden yelled into the microphone, ban assault weapons now, <laughs> uh, McCarthy didn't react. And for good reason, because what they're calling for is not a ban on assault weapons. It's essentially on all guns. And, uh, you know, the AR-15 is an assault rifle and so forth. So like, there was a nuance to that. I mean, if he had reacted, it would have looked like he was, he was four people killing each other in the street so there were selective times to shout out or maybe be silent but either way uh i I wouldn't have wanted to be one of the gop members yesterday because there's too many things to react to yeah and the assault weapon thing is a perfect example of the kind of dishonesty here to set that up let's quit calling him that because that's not i know exactly but to set that up he told this heartwarming story of 11 people were the shot by a guy with a handgun, okay? It was a pistol that the guy had, and then he used that to lean into the camera and go, ban assault weapons. It's like, oh my goodness, the, the amount of dishonesty. By the way, it's interesting seeing the laughter breaking out when he said fossil fuels. Well, you know, we'll still need it for another decade. Another <laughs> 10 like, years or so. Oh, okay. Well, so 11 years from now, we're going to be all AOC, right? Oh, boy. All right, now. Uh, but we've got more to, about this to talk about, including specifically the Chinese balloon issue and how big of a deal is that. That's coming up in the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable. Uh, we want to remind you also, if you did already give to Preborn, we appreciate that. Thank you. If you have not yet, please do it now. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab, and give what you can give. This is to stop abortions. This is to save babies' lives. $280 will literally stop 10 abortions, folks. It saves 10 babies' lives, and it's bringing those moms to Jesus Christ also in the process. And if you could do more than that, do 2800 and save 100 babies' lives. If you can't do 280 do half of that. Do 140 and save five babies' lives. But let's have everybody have some skin in the game here, if you would. And every single penny that you give goes directly to funding ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. This is preborn. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. You can also call and give over the phone. They answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So call right now, 833-850-BABY. 
Just mention Crawford National Roundtable when you call, if you would. The second half is coming up. Remember, if you want to listen to the second half of this podcast on your regular radio station, you can do that. And if your regular radio station doesn't play the second half right now, they may play it at a different time. So just go to the website of your radio station and look and see the program guide where the second half plays. Or just listen online, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, or of course, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcast. We welcome your five-star reviews. And if you want to watch video of the four, I don't know why you'd want to see our faces, but if you want to watch video of the four of us doing the podcast, you can go to MyHopeNow.com. And we're going to continue the second half coming up next here on the National Crawford Roundtable. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit, Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. First half, we were analyzing the State of the Union address from President Biden. We're going to talk now about the Chinese balloon issue. And John, if I could start with you, I, I found it incredible that Joe Biden actually last night claimed and bragged about how tough he is on China. He said, quote, today we're in the strongest position in decades to compete against China. If China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country. And we did. You did? We okay. did, how? You, you, you shot the balloon down over the ocean, but it was the wrong ocean. Right. You, you let the balloon spend eight days over America, over American airspace, flying over top of nuclear silos and nuclear launch uh, positions and U.S. airports and military bases. You let this thing hover in Montana over where there's over a hundred nuclear silos. And then once it completes its mission, once it finishes then it's like, okay, well, we'll go ahead and shoot it down now. And the Biden administration didn't even want to let us know about this. The only reason that they responded to it and that we know about it is because uh, the media in Montana took pictures of it. For, it's Actually, it was just a, no, it was a guy in an airplane with a big, huge lens that he just happened to have with him that saw it, that then went to the media, that then we found out. If it hadn't been for that guy, who knows what we'd know today. Yeah, we wouldn't know anything about it today. Uh, and so I just... To, to to think that he could actually brag about how tough he is on China, this t- they I'll tell you what lunacy, absolute lunacy. China absolutely put Joe Biden to the test. This was a let's see what we can yep. get away with, and you know something, Joe Biden showed them. Here's how much you can get away with on my watch. Yep. No, you, you're spot on. And and I talked about it on air. Uh, it was funny because, you know, I have my, my weekend shows that I do as well and, you know, car talk and things like that. But when the balloon was getting shot down, it was in the middle of doing that particular program. So I was able to actually talk about that on air while all that was going on. Not that it applied to the topics we were doing, but people are still interested in what was happening. And to your point, Bob, we let that thing go from one end of the continent to the other. It kind of floated around wherever they wanted it to. Had a 2,000 pound plus payload. We still don't know exactly what was going on. I guarantee you, I would bet my life on the fact there were live images going back to China the -hmm. entire time, so they didn't care when the thing actually got shot down. There's there's stories out there that it was full of explosives and they could have detonated that anytime they wanted to. Again, why in the world? You know, NORAD and all of the technology that we have as a country, and we let that thing get on, you know, get above our soil. What is wrong with us? 
By the way, China claiming that they had no control over the direction of this. It was just oh, force, hogwash. force majeure, uh, which is absolute lunacy. Do you know if you follow the flight plan of that, John, uh, follow the flight plan of it, not from a, a, a look at the at planet Earth from the equator's perspective, but look at the flight plan of it from the perspective of the North Pole. When you look at the North Pole, the flight plan is it left China, and instead of going over the North Pole to the United States, it did a banana hook around Russia, and it, it hugged the edge of Russia all the way around, but just barely in international waters, because Xi Jinping knows full well, if that had gone over one inch of mm-hmm. Russian airspace. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin would have been like, Desvidanya, and, and, and shot and by it the way, down. Bob, isn't it interesting that it went over Alaska uh, as well, which again starts at the United States of America because everybody forgets that that's, you know, that's, that's right. where we actually begin. It starts there, kind of kind of brushed the edge of Canada, to your point, but then dropped right down into the U.S. and went all the way across, you know, ending up in you know North South Carolina. Again, it's right. just, to me, it's an absolute treasonous atrocity that this president allowed to happen in the first place. And then, to your point, not telling the American public what was going on until he absolutely had to. What a joke. Oh, I know. And, and they could have shot it down over the Pacific before it hit Alaska. Alaska, And even sometime during Alaska, you're going to tell me there wasn't a seven-mile strip somewhere in the tundra of Alaska? The least populated state we have? Yeah, I mean, come on. So, no, this is absolutely absurd that uh, that the president did this. Let's, uh, I'll tell you what, here's what I want to do, because I want to get uh, Roger's take on this, want to get Neil's take on this, of course. And as you listen to this podcast, we want to remind everybody that we continue, as we debate all of these things, we multitask and we don't want to let up in stopping abortions and saving babies' lives, okay? So you're going to hear us mention preborn. We need you to go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and give $280 one time, and you'll be responsible for stopping 10 abortions, saving 10 babies' lives. Remember, folks, if a woman sees an ultrasound image of her unborn baby, statistically, she chooses life 85% of the time. Who do you think is showing the ultrasound images of these babies to the moms? It's preborn. They're doing this in pro-life centers all across America. They've been doing this for a long time, but it takes money to do this. $28 stops one abortion on average. $280 stops 10. That's why we're asking all of you listening right now to give $280. Would you prayerfully consider doing that? Just go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. Now, if you're like, oh, no, I'm a phone guy. That's okay. They answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you do call, okay? But your legacy is you're saving the lives of babies and you're saving the souls of the moms because these moms accept Jesus Christ by the thousands through preborn. So is that worth 280 bucks to you? I sure hope so. And if you can give more, give more. But CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. We appreciate you folks doing that. As we talk about the Chinese spy balloon and all of the latest with uh, with this. And so 
Uh, let me, Neil, let me ask you about this, uh, kind of your take on this. The Chinese, of course, claiming that this is just a weather balloon civilian. We know what absolute nonsense that is. And then now, of course, they're feigning outrage. How dare, how dare you shoot down our balloon? You know, it's like, oh, come on. I feel like it's the uh, Casablanca police prefect. Okay. Shocked, shocked to see that there's gambling going on here. Here's your winning, sir. Thank you very much. Shocked, I say. <laughs> you know, so, but, but. To, to me, this is a really dangerous game because China's seeing how much, Neil, they can get away with. And if they know they can get away with this on Joe Biden's watch, what comes next? How do we know they wouldn't have an EMP device that could maybe mess up America's electrical grid or maybe even a dirty bomb or something that China wouldn't send from one of their people, but they could finance somebody else, maybe out of Iran sending something like that. I mean, who knows? So and they always got plausible deniability. Even if it was a Chinese civilian, they could say, oh, this is a renegade, has nothing to do with us. But the bottom line, the damage was done. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was thinking back to the question, why didn't we shoot it down over Alaska? You got to believe that somebody somewhere was going to say, hey, what about the wood bison or the, uh, you <laughs> the know, caribou? The green, yeah, the, or the green <laughs> the sea caribou. polar bears. Like, <laughs> we got to take care of them rather than the American people. The right. whole thing is absolutely unbelievable. It's unconscionable that this kind of thing actually happened and that we saw it in real time. I, you know, there was some other guy on the ground, John, that had a, a cell phone with a telescope screwed onto it somehow. And, you know, he was taking photos like, mm -hmm. our, where's our military in all of this? Right. So I think it was very unsettling for the American people. I don't believe for a minute this kind of thing doesn't go on more consistently. We've got Chinese spies in our universities. And hundreds of them. Neil. Hundreds, hundreds of them. exactly. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught the story about the, the Chinese unauthorized Chinese police department that was working in New York City. Uh, FBI raided it and shut it down. But I mean, they're like, and and uh, China's buying up lots of land here in the U.S. for like mm -hmm. what purpose? Um, massive amounts of land actually in the United States. And I think there are our number one threat worldwide, uh, I believe anyway, Russia is mm -hmm. up there as well. But, you know, China's a tremendous threat to the United States of America. And, uh, you know, people posted a few things about the balloon online and some people were coming back with, well, that's racist, you know, that if you have a, you know, if you're telling jokes about this balloon, the balloon was no joke. And, and Bob, you're 100% right. If there was some kind of an electromagnetic pulse weapon on that thing, they could have shut down the power grid in the United States and we'd be helpless and defenseless. We can't let this kind of thing go on. And we need a president to step up to the plate to protect national sovereignty, to protect our borders. We've got people flowing in the southern border border we didn't even talk much about that uh, who are these people where are they coming from what's their intent why are they here um, all of that needs to be answered but yeah this can't go on and congress need, i would hope that the house of representatives would begin an investigation into this like let's find out what actually happened and tell the american people why was this hidden from us i don't get it right oh no absolutely and by the way china they are you're so right neil they are a major major threat to us uh, and they're tearing us apart from within in a whole bunch of different ways. Where do you think all the fentanyl flooding over the open borders into America is coming from? This is coming right. from China also. Xi Jinping loves this. Uh, and just as a reminder uh, here, and Roger, I'll toss this to you. When Trump was president, Trump set up an initiative in the Department of Justice to specifically find and weed out 
Chinese espionage in this country to find out where all the Chinese spies are in academia, in the government, uh, in various places in this country. And as soon as Joe Biden got in office, he shut that down, claiming it was racist because it was anti-Asian racism. It's like, oh, my goodness. So. Uh, but hey, don't forget this uh, th- this balloon. It just is just a weather balloon who, that just happened to veer off course. Oh, and by the way, just happened to stop and hover for a while over our nuclear silos in Montana. So isn't it funny how that wind works? You know, it's interesting when people have been talking about the conspiracy theories as to why certain things have happened, whether it's with COVID or the economy or things of that nature. I mean, everyone seems so surprised that Biden isn't standing up to the Chinese government, but I can give you a hundred million reasons why he's not. I mean, go to the Penn Biden Center and find out who the major donor is there. I mean, look at the Hunter Biden laptop story, which now they're finally saying, oh yeah, well, I guess that really was a thing, but now we're going to go after the guys who leaked it. I mean, it's really, it's, it's ridiculous for us to think anything other than Joe Biden is on the CCP payroll, and he's doing exactly what he's told. I mean, that's the reason why. I mean, we, we can say that here. Of course, it's going to, he'll come back and say, well, it's racist and know that his base is going to be energized by all of that type of claiming. But the reality is, I mean, this type of stuff is going to continue to happen as long as Joe Biden is in office. And quite frankly, for those of us who were, were looking at the whole, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the idea that we thought, well, he wasn't going to last six months, let alone two years in office. You know, I was thinking, well, you've got the media and Kamala Harris serving as his Aaron and her and holding up his arms against the battle against the Amalekites. But the reality is, I think it's the CCP that's putting this all together. And Joe's going to stay in office as long as they need him to in office. And then they're going to pick the successor unless the American people are able to pull another Donald Trump in 2024 and and speak their conscience and actually vote in somebody who is actually going to preserve democracy, who's going to stand for for constitutional freedoms and, and liberties and things of that nature. Another thing I was thinking of, couldn't help but think of this during the, uh, the dialogue, you guys have been making such great points about China being a, a, a threat. Lisa and I were watching parts of the State of the Union that we could both stomach last night. And we were, she, at one point she turned to me and said, how many more people would there be in the U.S. if abortion wasn't legal? I have one well, another 65 million plus, you know, the families and things mm. like that were created. Then she said, now, can you imagine what China would look like if they didn't have abortion? And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh. I mean, when you think about what a huge power this is and what a, a you know a disparity it is, it just made me, once again, take off my cap and say, thank you, Alliance Defending Freedom, for fighting for the sanctity of human life. I mean, in doing so on a legal level, because the United States is one tick away from being China. I mean, you know, it being worse than China, actually, in terms of abortion policies. And the fact that Alliance Defending Freedom has now got a legal case where they filed a lawsuit against the Food and Drug Administration saying, look, those two safe and legal abortion abortion pills that you're authorizing as quote-unquote medical abortions were never approved by the FDA. It's completely illegal. You've been lying to the American public for well over 20 years, and we're going to hold you accountable for it. I, I can't stress enough how important it is if you if you love liberty and the sanctity of human life to support Alliance Defending Freedom, that 877-367-6461 number Put it in your contact info and make sure that when your heartstrings are touched, like they are right now, like mine are right now, I mean, in the heat of the Chinese balloon incident and the uh, the State of the Union address where we heard so much lying coming out of uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the reality is it's only going to get worse as more and more states are adopting laws like all of our states have been impacted by with regard to abortion. It's going to hit home more more closely, more readily. And this administration is fighting to make it a federal law. So, I mean, this is where we need the uh, 
legal team of Alliance Defending Freedom standing in the gap for us. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click the banner, make a $500 donation, make a $1,000 donation, and know that it has four times the impact because of the 4,600 network agents of attorneys who are volunteering their time basically to stand for religious liberty and the sanctity of human life and basically all things good and constitutional so i'll get off my soapbox here for just a second (laughs) but but the reality is i think the balloon issue is just i mean it's kind of a a, kind of a a freak of the media the media is going to treat it like an anomaly it's going to become a meme people are going to turn that into some kind of you know a sport about oh well see joe biden's inept it's way more serious than that guys i'm putting my uh, wholehearted agreement in with everything you've been saying about this. It's just, it's despicable. It's disgusting. Let's, uh, I want to talk about also and analyze the, the claim that this happened three times under Donald Trump and it's happened previous times before. As you know, this came out from an intelligence official who's claiming, oh, it's not part of the Biden administration, but it sounds like it's somebody that's anti-Trump that tried to create the perception that this is an overreaction on conservatives who are criticizing Joe Biden because, after all, Donald Trump had this happen three times and he didn't shoot down the balloon. Uh, Trump issued a statement, of course, saying absolutely no way this happened. I would have totally shot down a balloon immediately. But something about this just isn't adding up. And, John, maybe you can help me out with this. First of all, the biggest names that were in charge of all of intelligence during Donald Trump's administration have all denied this. Mike Pompeo, who was CIA director for Trump and then Secretary of State for Trump, says, no, this didn't have. We don't know anything about any Chinese balloons during the administration. John Bolton, who was national security advisor for Trump, who, by the way, turned on Trump large. He's an anti-Trumper. He wrote an anti-Trump smear book. So this guy hates Donald Trump with a passion. Uh, John Bolton said, I can tell you his words with 100% certainty. This did not happen while I was there. Robert O'Brien, who took over as national security advisor after John Bolton, he said, this didn't happen. Matt Pottinger, who was a deputy national security advisor, said, nope, didn't happen. Allison Hooker, who was senior advisor to Asia in the Trump administration, said, nope, I know nothing about any balloon. John Ratcliffe, who was director of national intelligence, under Trump. He said, quote, no, it's not true. I can refute it. It didn't happen. Rick Grinnell, who then took over as director of national intelligence, said, no, it didn't happen. Mark Esper, secretary of defense for Trump, said, no, I would remember that for sure, the idea of a balloon. Heino Klink, who was deputy assistant secretary of defense, said it didn't happen. Chris Miller, acting secretary of defense, said, quote, never a whisper of this. And finally, Chad Wolf, acting secretary of Homeland Security, said, no, it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So what happens? Now the Biden administration walks it back a little bit and says, well, it did happen, but Trump didn't know about it. We didn't find out about it until he left office. Okay, here's where I'm a little bit confused. How is it that NORAD and our top intelligence officials, they can have three different times where a Chinese spy balloon comes over our soil or our airspace. Mm -hmm. They don't know it, okay? But a guy with a Walmart kids telescope can figure it out and get put in the media. Number one, how do they not know that at the time? And then number two, 
uh, how is it that Trump and every single one of his intelligence is out of the loop on this? And then number three, how is it after Trump leaves office that they're able to look back and retroactively go, oh, yeah, this happened not once but three different times. How do you know what happened afterward if you didn't know what happened in real time? And how's that? So something about this is not making yeah. sense. No, no, the whole, yeah, to your point, Bob, the whole thing is fishy. Did it happen? I want proof. I, I want to see, you know, something that says exactly when those three balloons came over. And actually, they said there was another one or two that potentially came through early in Biden's presidency as well. Don't forget that right. as well, Bob. So right. it's not just the three under Trump. There was another one or two potentially came under Biden. Now, one of two things. First of all, if this is true, and we didn't tell at that time the sitting president of the United States, we got huge issues that we need to get fixed. Number it's not two, just him. All of his intelligence that's people right. didn't that's know exactly either. Right. The, right. the entire staff, all of those individuals right. involved. On top of that, if this in fact is true, and we're allowing the Chinese to continue to do this time and time again, that's another whole issue. I mean, Bob, there are so many things wrong with everything that you're talking about right now. It's maddening. It is. Uh, Neil, your your thoughts on this and the idea that previous balloons actually came over during the uh, Trump years. You know, if this is a case, Neil, where we are really that inept that NORAD and all of our top intelligence can't see something that a guy can see with a Walmart telescope, uh, that's a scary thing. But I just, I don't think that that's the case. I think that these balloons either A, really did not come over or B, somehow they did. And we've got spies working in our own government that deliberately kept this from the top echelon of the intelligence of the Trump administration at the time. I don't know what else to call it. Well, it almost sounds like the plot to a, a movie about UFOs or whatever they call <laughs> yeah. it now, AED. I don't forget, I forget what they call them. But the bottom line is... Um, it's one or the other. You're you're 100 right, and you know with the Hunter Biden laptop thing, one thing we know for sure is that the Bidens have a really vested interest in places right. like Ukraine and China. And I don't feel 100 comfortable. I've got nothing to base this on, but there's something really fishy about this whole spy balloon story and the idea that it was allowed to float over the United States for you know eight days. You said you said it really well, Bob. Yeah, it should have been shot down over the ocean. The other ocean should have been shot down over the Pacific as opposed to allowing it to cruise over our country. And the fact that it was, and then Biden claims that, you know, he's protecting our national defense by shooting it down. Once it's already done, all the damage it needs to do is laughable. Um, I'm not convinced that there isn't more going on here in some fashion and that, you know, this is our subtle cooperation with china and then just we kind of pretending that we really care about these kinds of things when we don't right uh roger what's your take on this and and how scary is this to think that if if it really is true that you had three spy balloons come over u.s airspace while trump was president and everybody his secretary of state cia director national security advisor everybody on down the line secretary of homeland security secretary of defense nobody knows anything about it it's like who is the who is the low-level jurassic park fat guy spy who's basically you know, putting the stuff in a can to sneak it out of there to get it to china i mean who and how in the we've got to have infiltrated spies working two or three levels down that are able to see stuff like this, intercept it, and then keep it from going up the chain. To me, that's really scary. I tend to lean toward thinking 
these balloons actually did not come over U.S. airspace. But if they did, we've got a much bigger issue than I think people realize. Yeah, something tells me that there may have been spy balloons that the Chinese did actually launch in 2018, but they never hit U.S. soil. They never hit North America, for that matter. Or if they mm-hmm. did, maybe they were at the top of Russia. And someone's trying to find a false equivalency. I mean, that's the, the media right. doesn't have any other answer. They don't have any other discussion point other than, you know, this happened on Biden's watch. So what's the first thing they do? Let's quick make it about Donald Trump, you know, and, and that's right. what they have to argue with. You know, I, I have a hard time buying General Mattis, you know, saying, well, I didn't want to tell Donald Trump because, you know, he's kind of crazy and, well, we wouldn't want him to start World War III. I mean, that, come on. I mean, when you get to a certain level of intelligence, you know, especially with defense, you can't have that kind of petty uh, junior high type of gossip going on in the background. I mean, I realized he was a difficult guy to work with. I know people who were in the White House when President Trump was in the, the White House, and they referred to him as one of the most belligerent people they ever worked with. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's national security, there's national protocols. I'm not buying this story at all. Um, there's got to be more to it than that. But something tells me once again that we're, you know, we, we've all noted this. And we comment on this just about every week here on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. For every story that the mainstream media gets stuck on and stays with, there are four or five others that they're trying to keep your attention away from. And uh, something tells me that the novelty of, oh, look, there's a balloon over Montana and, oh, look, the debris landed in South Carolina. I'm surprised someone hasn't tried to tie that into the slave trade for crying out loud. I mean, say, see, <laughs> this is God's way of punishing us for, you know, it, right. But that's that's where the media goes. Right. Whatever the angle is. And so all we're trying to do here is say, keep your eyes on the ball. It smells funny. It looks funky. Um, it, it's just not right. But I'm not buying it either. And I do not trust John, John Rush, I do not trust uh, Joe Biden and nope. China and the relationship that nope. they have. The Hunter Biden—I mean, think about think about people buying Hunter Biden's uh, artwork, his, his mediocre artwork, this amateur artist who's been selling paintings for three hundred and some thousand dollars a piece to anonymous Chinese or anonymous buyers. But we don't know if they're Chinese, but we know that Hunter's art dealer happens to work and be connected to uh, the Chinese art market in a large way. And then we got $67 million in in donations, Chinese donations to the Penn Biden Center, many of which are anonymous. Uh, it makes me want, and then of course uh, we got that one and a half billion dollar banking investment deal from this bank subsidiary, the Bank of China, that they give to Hunter Biden two weeks after he flies over to China with Daddy on Air Force Two. So I can't help but wonder what they maybe have. We got about thirty seconds. I'd love to get your uh, final recap on that. The biggest thing I'm concerned about is I feel like China has a lot of problems internally. I feel like they're desperate. Desperate countries do things that we would not want them to do. At the end of the day, could they launch an EMP? on this country and within 30 days 40 percent of americans are dead absolutely they could will they i don't trust them who knows you know what i don't trust them either well uh, obviously there's a lot to talk about here uh, certainly we always appreciate you folks listening to us want to remind you for those of you who did call and give to preborn thank you so much if you have not done that yet you can do it right now Uh, you can call them over the phone 24 7 the answer to phones 833-850-BABY just mentioned the Crawford Roundtable podcast and you can give right over the phone $280 and you'll be responsible for stopping 10 abortions saving 10 babies lives Uh, and you can give online as well go to crawfordmediagroup.net click on preborn crawfordmediagroup.net click on preborn give there and remember you show ultrasound images of unborn babies to moms they choose life that's what preborn does takes money to do this 
$280 is the average cost to save 10 babies' lives, stop 10 abortions. Would you prayerfully do that now? We appreciate you folks doing that. And remember, you're bringing the moms to Jesus Christ also. They're accepting the Lord by massive numbers through uh, through preborn. So we appreciate you doing that. We also appreciate you folks listening to the podcast every week. And you can listen to previous episodes of our podcast by going to crawfordmediagroup.net or, of course, wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it. We welcome your five-star reviews. Thank you so much for that. If you want to watch video of our podcast, you can do that at myhopenow.com. And Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks so much. Looking forward to next week. Thank you, Bob. Great. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, guys. You bet. We'll see you. You've Take care. Thanks for listening. National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. A view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.